So I got a text this week from somebody. Usually when I get texts, especially from this individual, I go, oh, it's just another one of his things he's going to say to me today. No big deal. And uh, he sends me this text, and it says, a lot of people are hating you today. And that was on Tuesday morning. And I knew right away what he was talking about. So I called him, and he began to share with me uh, how excited he is that we are participating in a fast right now as a church. But, um, you know, I can't help but to, to find humor in that. But at the same time, I'm so excited about what God's doing. You know, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting to hear any stories or anything until really when the fast was over. That's typically when uh, people begin to see things happen and, and from, from this sacrifice that they're giving. And uh, I, I've received a couple phone calls this week. I've talked to a couple people, and they're just like, you would not believe what has happened this week already. And, uh, I, you know, if, if that is you, praise God, I'm excited for you. If you've not experienced that part yet, like me, all right, you're hanging in there, all right? It's not over. All right, cool. This message series is going to be over after today, not the fast, all right? So I hate to burst some of your bubbles, all right? But anyway, so here I'm going to end our message series this morning. And today what we're going to really focus on and we're talking about is obviously with the fasting and prayer and the influence on the spiritual war that is taking place in our world today or, or really in what we would call the unseen world. <clears throat> what I want to uh, bring to your attention is number one is this, that you do have an adversary. He's real and we must know who our enemy is and how we're going to defeat him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says this. To put on the whole armor of God. Here's a good part. You should underline this. You should highlight this. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of who? The devil. Of who? Okay, I'm going to say it one more time. Of who? Notice, the devil is real. Notice in the scripture, the devil is actually spoken of you know he's not a figment of our imagination or someone that we make up or or the world as many times we like to call it but the devil has a name the devil has a title the devil is a person the devil is a thing the devil is a spirit he's not a character he's not a figment of our imagination he is a thief he is a liar he's a killer He's trying to destroy your family. That's who he is. He's trying to wreck your career. He's trying to split up your relationships. He's trying to wedge himself into your family, into your home to bring division. The devil is trying to entice you. This is what he does. He entices. He's trying to cause you to get caught up in things that are not of God. He's trying to get you to justify your actions. He's trying to give you compromise. Oh, it's okay. The, de the devil is a decided fact. There's no question. We should never question whether or not he is real. The scriptures clearly indicate that the devil is real. Number two is he's a destructive force. He's strategic. There's five things that I'm going to go over with you real briefly. That is his destructive force. And the power that he has that he tries to bring against you and I. 
The first one is the devil is strategic. He's a planner. Almost cannot help to marvel at his patience. He lays groundwork. He lays foundation. He tries to set us up. He'll throw in one of his ways of of trying to trip us up. And if it doesn't work, he does not what? He does not give up. He's extremely persistent. He's a planner. He has a plan of how he wants to destroy your life. You're like, Pastor Kevin, I was not expecting this type of a message this morning. There's three people that are involved in our fast. There's you. There's God. And there's the devil. He's a planner. He's going to try to come up with ways to distract you spiritually. But not only spiritually. He's going to try to distract you in every aspect of your life. If you can think of any aspect of your life, I promise you the devil has already thought about it before you have. And he's trying to work. He's trying to find out how he can slide in. How he can manipulate his way into your life. He's trying to bring you into a destructive path. He's trying to cause you to trip up. He's trying to make you have excuses over and over again of why you can do this. But yet you understand and you feel the power of God directing you another path. You know what the scripture says. But yet we try to justify our actions. You see, Satan is real. He's a planner. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this also. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against principalities. I'm going to skip a portion of scripture there and move on. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness. That's the area you might want to underline or highlight in the heavenly places. The devil is spiritual. When we talk about the spirit man or the spirit woman, or we talk about spiritual aspects, we automatically think of God. We think God. When when I say spirit, you think God. When I say spirit, you think Holy Spirit. That's just the nature of us. That's who we think of. But what we need to understand, and we can see in the scripture in, in Ephesians 6, is that he is a spiritual wickedness. He is a spiritual being. You see, watch this. Your actions reflect where your spirit is. Your actions reflect what is occupying your spirit. That's why it's important for us to daily look at our lives. It's almost as if we're looking in a mirror spiritually to say, Lord, show me the things that are not of you because these things are spiritual what? Wickedness. And they're showing through in my life. There's things that you partake in in your life that you don't like, that you absolutely hate. There's thoughts that roll through your mind. There's actions that result from your thoughts. Why? Because there's a sense of spiritual wickedness within inside of us. Why is that? Because the devil is real and he's trying to do what? Bring a wedge between you and God in your life. And he's trying to bring a wedge between you and your spouse. He's trying to create a wedge between you and your children. He's trying to create a wedge between you and your career. He's trying to create a wedge between you and your eternal existence, which is hopefully 
in his kingdom. The devil is spiritual. That's what he is. We understand he's a planner. We understand that he's spiritual. We need to understand the things that we are taking into our lives that are not of God are the very spiritual wickedness that is messing up our spirit man and spirit woman with inside of us, which then is resulting into the actions that we're giving out that don't line up with what? God's word. So we need to understand that the devil is very strategic and he's going to bring things along our path so he can show himself how real he is so he can get into our spirit man and spirit woman. That is that soul, that is that gut feeling that you have with inside of you that tells you when you're doing wrong or when you, even you're doing right. And he's trying to corrupt it so that your actions will not reflect God, will not reflect who God is about, will not reflect the scriptures that we were supposed to read day in and day out. So we can understand that the devil is a planner, he's strategic, he's a spiritual being, and this. The devil is strong. We may not want to admit that the devil is strong. But how many lives has he messed up in this room? Think about that. How many lies has he tried to bring into your life to cause you to fall? And it's worked. You need to understand that the devil is strong. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against what? Powers. He is strong. The truth is, we're trying to fight a devil through our flesh. And your flesh cannot withstand the strength of who he is. Your flesh cannot withstand. You're trying to do things by the good morals of this world and what they have set. And you think you can overcome the devil by that, but you cannot. In order for us to overcome this strength that the devil has, you and I need to understand this. We need to become strong spiritually. We serve a mighty God. We serve a, a, an everlasting father. But yet the moment temptation comes upon us, we become to cripple and we become to fall apart and we fatigue spiritually. Why? Because we have not done what is needed to do in order to build the spiritual strength inside of our lives. What are those things that we should be doing daily? Praying, fasting, getting in the word of God, coming into his house to worship him with fellow believers, surrounding yourself with believers who will uplift. That is the spiritual disciplines that we must allow to become part of our lives. Why? Because the devil is strong. Why? Because the devil is strategic. He is a planner. Why? Because the devil is a spirit. Matthew, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and 4 says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? carnal but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds what are the some of the strongholds you face think about that in your life what are some of the strongholds that have been pulling you down for some time 
For many of us, it would be some type of a habit. For many of us, it would, it would, it would be we're a compulsive liar. Uh, we're, we're full of lust of the eye. Um, we're constantly negative. What is the strongholds that are trying to pull you down? You see, the Bible tells us right there in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 that you and I have weapons. Right now we're looking at those weapons and we're sharing and we're, we, are, we are moving in those weapons through this period of fasting. Those weapons are fasting. Those weapons are prayer. Those weapons are getting into the word of God. Understanding that we're taking a physical what? A physical cleansing. But more importantly, what are we doing? A spiritual cleansing is taking place. Some of you have not liked what you've seen spiritually in your life for some time. And you've struggled with it. You've gone to God in prayer and, and you've asked him to move. But yet you're not getting into the disciplines that are required through fasting, praying, and the reading of the word. But God has challenged us. He's put a challenge before us. And I don't know about you, but when I get challenged, I, I, I have to at least attempt. When I get challenged, my only goal is to what? Overcome the challenge. Succeed in the challenge. God is challenging us as a church. God is challenging you in your home. God is challenging you in your spiritual life right now. If you want more of God, are you willing to sacrifice for him? If you want more of God, are you willing to push that plate away? If you want more of God, are you willing to get into that word? If you want more of God, are you willing to sit down and God say, God, here I am. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part now, God. It is up to you to do yours. You have to because scripture tells me you must do your part. Mark chapter 9 verse 29 says, this kind... Speaking a particular set of demons that are strong and powerful, it says, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There's things in your life that you've been wanting to be rid of your life. There's things in your life that have been crippling you for too long now. There's things in your life that have been weighing you down and bringing you down. Some of you, I understand this is the first time you've ever gone through a, a period of fasting. Some of you, it's been years and you, maybe decades since you've even participated in one. And you've been looking for God to bring an answer. God is going to bring your answer if you give in to these spiritual disciplines. I promise you this. The next thing that the devil is, is this. <clears throat> he is sinister. We need to understand who he is. He's a prince of darkness. He's the wicked one. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's there to do what? He's there to wreck and destroy our lives. He is not our friend. He's going to exploit your weaknesses. He's going to test. He's going to challenge you. And if we're not careful and if we don't try to fight against it through the spiritual eye, then we will lose. The devil is a defeated foe. Jesus said this, and this is what's remarkable. This is where we get our hope. This is where things get just a little bit more exciting. 1 John 4 and 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome what? Them. Because this is where it all happens. Because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. 
Do you understand that? Do you see that clearly? All the things that have been trying to trip you up, all the things that have brought negativity in your life or in your home or in your children or in your career, the hopelessness that you think of your future, God is saying, greater am I in your life. Greater am I in your life. This world has nothing compared to what I have for your life. The devil may be strong. He may be sinister. He may be strategic. He may be a planner. He may be spiritual. But no one is greater than my God. And the scripture tells me that we are overcomers because greater is he that is in us than he that is in where? The world. So that brings us to this. You have been given the armor of God. We understand that we have an adversary, but we need to understand that we are clothed in the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. You know what, hold on. I, I don't know what you might be. You might be a visitor. You might be someone who's not even participating in this fast. That's fine. But some people in this room need to hear this scripture. You need to hear what's going to follow here very shortly. Because I believe that God wants more for your life. I, no, it's, it's even bigger than that. I believe that God's got bigger and greater plans for your life than where you are right now. Some of you have lived defeated long enough. You've lived in that state of depression long enough. You lived in doubt long enough. Some of you have been weighed down by so many emotional issues long enough that God says, you know what, really, I want to set you free from them today, this morning. The scripture says, Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, I love this, to stand against the wiles of the devil. What does that mean? That means I have a firm foundation in whom I serve, and that is in Jesus Christ. I can stand knowing that I've been clothed in the full armor of God. Here we go, the belt of truth. It is the believer's integrity. If you're going to go to war against a liar, you must have truth. We must walk in truth. We must live in truth. You must <laughs> tell the truth. Satan is the liar, the father of all lies, but yet Jesus is what? Truth. He's the epitome of truth. He's the example of truth. He is the true definition of truth. Integrity is to be our weapon. We're not to be deceitful. We're not to be cunning. But as a Christ follower, we're to put on that belt of truth. We're to have integrity in every situation. In every decision, every business decision you make. Especially with taxes coming up. Integrity. Some of you will get that later. While you're doing your taxes. Second thing we need to put on is the breastplate of righteousness. It is the believer's purity. You know, we understand that the warrior puts on a breastplate because it covers the vital organs of the man. 
And God says that we're to put on the breastplate of righteousness or not only put it on, but he says, look, I'm freely giving it to you. Do you understand that? There's no cost to this. I'm just going to give it to you. This is probably the one part of the armor that we don't wear. Because so many of us have been swayed. The truth has been twisted. We've been justified through, through compromise. And the inward part of us has become exposed to the enemy. Who is what? Very strategic. He's a planner. He's a spirit. He's strong. Who's trying to get inside to disrupt what God is wanting to do inside of you. So he knows that if I can just keep one piece of armor off of you that is so vital for your spiritual existence that I will be able to defeat you regardless. The breastplate of righteousness, what does that represent but nothing other than the purity in your life? Blessed are the pure in heart. For what? They will see God. Satan wants to attack your purity. He wants you to become unclean. He wants the lust of the eye and the pride of life. So we need to understand that we have to have the belt of truth. And that's our integrity. And that we need to have the breastplate of righteousness. And that's our purity. But here's what we need to have. The shoes of peace. That is our tranquility. That's a spiritual warfare. Peace is not the absence of problem. We get that confused a lot. We think because we're serving God and we're serving Christ and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and, and influence our lives that our lives should be nothing but more than peaceful. And the moment a troubled time comes in to play, we get all twisted and out of sorts and worry comes in and doubt comes in, frustration comes in. And then we begin to question God, where are you? And all of this begins to happen. And so, you know, one of the cool things about the Bible is it's got a lot of stories about Jesus and we can understand every time a storm came in Jesus' life, what did he do? He slept. Didn't bother him, now did it? I mean, who wants to take a nap? Not right now. Not right now. Yeah, who doesn't like to take a nap? You see, when you enter into God's peace, a peace that what? Passes all understanding. A peace to know that well, who is with us? God is with Regardless of the storm you're in in life, God is with you. If you are a Christ follower, God is with you. He's going to see you through. You will live to fight another day. You will go through that valley of the shadow of what? Death. You will fear no evil. His rod, his staff are there to what? Comfort and to protect us. You need to understand what you have. You have an inventory of the greatest spiritual weapons you could ever need. And then we understand the next one is the shield of faith. This is remarkable. Many of you may not know this, but as Paul was uh, writing these scriptures, he was actually chained to a Roman soldier 
who was, why he was writing this. And so as he was chained to the Roman soldier, he had the perfect example of the armor right beside him, right in front of him. It's remarkable how God can take your situation and circumstance and twist it all around to make it something so positive and encouraging and uplifting for not only your life, but for others, isn't it? Ephesians 6 and 16 says this, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What kind of darts? Fiery. Why fiery? Because a single blaze, a single spark can erupt a blaze. Think about that. A single spark can erupt a blaze. What kind, of, what kind of darts does he bring out our way? Doubt. Doubt. Doubt kills what? Faith. Doubt destroys your faith. So it's important that we put up that shield. Understanding in whom we are. People come at you right now and say, you'll never, you'll not make it through your fast. Pfft. No, I will. I'm stronger than that. I will. When Satan tries to bring images in your mind to cause you to, to have a twisted reaction and mentality, oh no, greater is he that is in me than who? He that is in the world. We need to recognize what we have in our corner. We need to recognize that what God has for us in weaponry to combat what Satan has is far greater The next thing is this. He gives us the helmet of salvation. Or in other words, the believer's sanity. There's a rash of people losing hope, giving up, losing all desire to live, much less even serve God. Depression, being fearful, tormented about the future. These are real issues that you and I, many of us in this room, have either gone through or maybe even going through today. We must understand that we need to refuse to live that way. We must make a decision to refuse to allow ourselves to be caught up in such negativity. The helmet of sanity that says no matter what I'm going to go through, I'm going to keep my mind. Luke chapter 8 verse 35 says this. And found the man whom from the demons had departed was doing what? Sitting. At the feet of Jesus. And clothed in his what? Right mind. Remember what we talked about last week. We must what? Sit at the feet of Jesus. We must submit. Commit our lives. What? At the feet of Jesus. Not eye to eye. You're not equal to him. You're not. But the scripture instructs us and shows us in so many different passages. And this is just one. To sit at the feet of Jesus. When the little children were gathered to Jesus to, to, to hear his teachings, where did they sit? They sat at his feet. It's remarkable. When he was crucified on that cross, and what many don't know is when they were crucified, most of the time they were just barely off of ground level. But Jesus was uplifted. Isn't that ironic? But where were we? At the feet of Jesus. I wonder how many of you today really just need to go to the foot of the cross and be at the feet 
of this man named Jesus. Saying, Lord, you know, I've not properly clothed myself in your armor. I need to sit at your feet. I need to, be, I need to put on the shoes of peace and the belt of truth, the helmet of sanity or salvation, the shield of faith or of certainty. I need to take these things, the breastplate of purity or righteousness. Lord, I need to sit at your feet again and say, God, clothe me once again. I have fallen apart. God, clothe me. Pick me up. Set me back on my feet, Lord. God says that he's going to give us three guarantees of victory in our life. Number one, as we already talked about, was this. For you and I to take a stand. If you want to have victory over this Satan, over this devil in your life, especially while, not only while we're in this fast, but especially throughout the remainder of your life, you must spiritually take a stand. Be the man and woman you're supposed to. Grow up. Stand. Become mature. Know what you want. Take possession of the promises that God has bestowed upon you and your family. Be bold and be confident and show the strength of God. And say, I'm going to stand. And understand that what? No weapon formed against me will ever prosper. And every tongue that tries against me will not succeed. It will not succeed. You need to take a stand in your life. We have become so spiritually weak. We become spiritual wimps. The moment we get fought, because we understand the devil is what? A planner. He's strategic. He's strong. He's a spirit. We understand he's got power. We understand that he can, he's very convincing and he tries to bring justification and he tries to bring compromise into our life. And the moment that happens, for many of us, we become weak and we fall apart. I've had a, a couple of people this week say, Pastor, there's a couple of things I've struggled with. I, I, I'm doing the fast, but man, I, I didn't realize I did it and then I did it and I didn't know what to do. I said, you just keep going. You don't give up. You just keep going. You pick yourself back up. You keep going. Some of you right now, spiritually, you said, I've been knocked down so much, Pastor Kevin. I, I don't even know why I'm even in this room today. You're here because you need to hear this message. But you're saying, I don't know why I'm even here today. I struggle, and, and I don't know where to turn. God is saying, you need to stand. Pick yourself back up. I'm going to give you the armor of God. I've equipped you. I've given you what's necessary. You need to take a stand. Why? Because he's given, he's, he's, I need to see that. Can I see that? Can I just use that as an example? It's bad when a pastor doesn't have a Bible with him, you know? I have my iPad. I have the electronic Bible, okay? But he says, you need to take the sword of the Spirit, number two. This is the word of God. You must take the sword of the Spirit and apply it to your life. Understand this. Jesus, on the 40-day fast, when he was in the wilderness, integrity was being uh, pushed. Purity, peace, tranquility, certainty. All these things were being tempted into him. But he pulls out what? The word. What did he say when Satan came against him trying to tempt him to, to be the ruler of all the worlds and, 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 and the kingdoms and, and to take the bread and, and all these things and throw himself off the cliff and the angels would rescue him? What did he say? It is written. Amen. This is a guarantee for the victory of your life. The word of God. It does no good like this. You must take that effort and do that. Do you understand me? 
No, you're good. You're good. It's everybody else. It's not. Are you following me? You must take your sword. You must take this, what God has given. So many of us have allowed it to just lay there. So many of us let it, you, you don't even, you got the app and you're proud you got, I'm proud you got the app too. But if you've not done the update in like 12 months on it, you can't even get on the thing. Come on. You want to know why you're living a defeated life? You're not taking part of the spiritual disciplines that God needs for you to take to become spiritually healthy. You must take the word of God. Jesus had to quote it. If Jesus had to quote it, do you not think you don't need it even more? Last time I checked, none of you were walking on water. Ephesians 6 and 18 says, <clears throat> praying always with, a, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Number three, the spirit. Satan trembles when a child of God is full of what? The Spirit. Who knows who they are, that they have righteousness and purity. Who knows that they have all sanity, not allowing what? Fear to dominate. We must stand. We must have the sword. We must have the Spirit. All these guarantee our victory. See, some of you today need to understand that today is a new day. Today is going to bring new blessings, but it's also going to bring brand new battles. But within every uncertainty, there is a hidden possibility. So don't dread any challenge that lies ahead, because remember, all the victories are behind. My confidence is not in my circumstance, but understand that the Spirit of God is our supply. That we are to be steady under pressure and to be ready for whatever. Because whatever comes my way today, the outcome is this. You and I will overcome. Because Christ is in us, and I am not enough. I can handle it. I can't afford to stay afraid or let my faith hesitate. My purpose is at stake, and he who called me is faithful. His strength in me is greater than any pain I can feel or the enemy I will face. The promise of God is mine for the taking. Every plan he has made is guaranteed to come to pass. It will happen. If I don't back down, if I won't let go, it will happen. If I don't stop short, if I won't sell out, it will happen by faith. But faith doesn't take the fear away. But faith teaches me to what? Fight. You see, I got something for Goliath. I can handle it. My power flows from presence so I won't stay stuck in what was or worry about what will be. My regrets have been redeemed and my tests have become my lessons. My focus is fixed and my heart is expectant. I'm set. I'm not nervous about what's next. My eyes are on the throne. I trust the one who is in complete control the one who already knows how he's going to work it out according to his purpose. Even the worst situations are sure to turn in my favor. If I keep moving forward and keep moving toward him, God is with me in my moment. And whatever happens, I can handle it. I know my help comes from above. So if fear insists on knocking, I'll meet it at the door. Life might give me bad news, 
but I've still got the good report. I can handle it. If I fall, if I fail, I can handle it. Grace will give me what it takes to carry on. I can have humbled myself under the mighty hand of God. And when the time is right, he will lift me up. Until then, the lion may roar, but I see his leash. So I'll keep moving forward because I've been down before. You see, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've been going through. But just by stepping out and being a part of this service today, you need to understand you can handle whatever the devil's throwing your way. Why? Because you've been clothed in the armor of God. Why? Because you have Jesus Christ on your side. Say it with me this morning. If one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight, what can we do in this room? How mighty and powerful are we in this room together? Wow. I believe that God's moving in your life. I believe some of you have been checked hugely, tremendously this morning spiritually. Some of you have been battling the very things that I brought up and was spoken about. Some of you have been so discouraged and distraught. But before you leave here today, God is saying, look, you can handle it. I'm going to lift you above it. You're going to be above this because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So my prayer is this simply this morning is, or my challenge is this. First of all, if you don't know this Jesus Christ is your savior and you want to make that happen today I'm going to ask you right now step out where you're at come down here and see me in this altar because I'm going to pray with you that's the first and foremost most important thing that could happen in this room this morning if you don't know this man Jesus Christ be that man or be that woman right now step out and accept him as your savior so that you can what put on that full armor of God. Well, excellent then. We're all good with the Lord. Now, my next challenge is this. You say, Pastor Kevin, look, I've been weak. It's been strong. It's been hard. I recognize that the devil is strong. I recognize that he's a planner right now. And I recognize that he's being persistent in my life. He's become very strategic and he's trying to bring me down and I, I, I recognize that he's a sinister and I, I recognize all of this. But it's been hard to carry that armor. I, I've, I've let the belt of truth down and the shoes of peace down and the, the breastplate of righteousness or purity, I've, I've taken those things off. The, the helmet of salvation or sanity has been sitting. I've not allowed the the sword of the spirit to become really the realness that it needs to be in my life. And I've, 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 I've not what taken a stand and understanding who that firm foundation is. Pastor, I need, I need prayer today. I need God to help. If that's you, lift your hand up. All across this room, individuals are lifting their hand. So, well, you didn't make us close our eyes, so I didn't do it. No, if that's you, lift your hand again. Right now, God, you see the uplifted hand. 
And God, you even see the hand that's not lifted right now, but so wants to, but is so unsure of themselves. God, I'm asking right now to move, Father. God, that we would take a stand, we would take your word, and we would live your Holy Spirit and allow it to live in our lives. Those are the guarantees of victory, God, that you have given us. God, that we will put on that full armor of God, that we would allow that helmet of sanity and that breastplate of purity and the belt of truth and the shoes of peace and the shield of, of faith or certainty, God, to allow these things to become real, Father Lord, in my life again. God, you see those uplifted hands. You see the hearts of your people right now. Father, we're asking, Lord, I'm pleading and begging right now, God, with everything inside of me, move in every life. From this moment forward, let them understand who they are and whose they are. That they are the child of God. And that they belong to you, Father. That, God, that you are clothing them to protect them. You are clothing them to combat the spiritual warfare that's taken place in their life or that will take place in the future, God, that you are helping them and you are leading and guiding them. So, Father, right now, right where they're standing, God, touch them, bless them. God, I sense your spirit so fresh right now, so sensitive that I must be sensitive to you. God, you are the God of all gods. You are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords. And none, Lord, are to be above you. You are the alpha, the omega. You're the beginning, the end, the first, the last. You are our soon and coming king. So God, right now, touch your people. Touch this church. Touch this community, God. Touch the other churches in our communities, Lord. May we all have a hunger and a thirst and a fire, Lord, to serve you and to worship you, God. May all of us, as we enter into our places of worship, God, enter with an expectation, Lord, that you are going to move. That you're not a God that we just talk about, but God, you are a God that we participate in every single day of our life. That we allow those spiritual disciplines to be a reality, to become real. Your word, prayer, fasting, worshiping, surrounding ourselves with like-minded follower believers. God, move. Lord, we love you. You are the Almighty, and you are all-powerful. God, as we leave here, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Christ's name, and the church says, Amen. Go out. Leave here. Know that you are clothed in the armor of God. Amen.